the Special Education Podcast. This is Paul Hubbard once again on the Special Education Podcast. Today I'm going to question some of the traditional methods for teaching and classroom organization and hopefully provide a alternative that is more effective and helps students be more engaged. One of the first things I'm going to talk about is the traditional desk and chair setup in a classroom. Now, I just have to look at a classroom to be able to identify what kind of classroom it is, what to expect from that classroom. And that is because I've developed that instinct as a kid to help avoid classrooms that I would not be successful in. Now, obviously, I don't always get the choice of which class I get to take, but it does help me decide where I want to go in that room. Having students with desks is not necessarily a bad concept in itself, but oftentimes I see teachers use it as a behavior management system instead of what it should be, where students want a front row seat because they want to see everything in vivid detail, like a sports event or show. Having a front row seat in an engaging event is a desired commodity. Why is it not so in education? If you have a good behavior management system in place, you don't need to use seating arrangements as a way to do it. That is when it gets really fun. What if the place where the students learn is a place that they earn? And what if it is able to be much more personalized than it ever was in any classroom that I grew up in? I'm gonna take you back to my childhood. Desks for me were a sign of imprisonment. Every experience I had with a regular desk was bad. Not only was I as a over six foot, 200 pound high school student barely able to fit in the desk, but I could never get comfortable or really effectively learn in this tiny two by two and a half square. Now I get it, some of you don't have a choice of seating, but if you're a special education teacher, you have more flexibility than a gen ed class. For one, the requirement for the amount of kids that can be in a special ed classroom at one time is substantially lower than the average gen ed classroom. That gives you a unique opportunity to try a different seating method. And what better room to try a different seating method than the one that caters to individuals? Education forever has been a cookie cutter type organization. Everyone gets the same thing, everything is fair, and no matter how unique a student is, they must meet certain standards and requirements no matter what. Unfortunately, me having multiple disabilities disqualified me from being able to fit that mold, which made me feel like I was stupid, dumb, and kind of a little bit of an outcast. And it wasn't a teacher that made me feel that way specifically, it was the system as a whole. I have a quote hanging up in my studio that says, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb trees, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. That is a quote from Albert Einstein, and it is a great quote that I have lived by my entire life. The fact of the matter is there's no child that is the same. Now there are some strategies that work with multiple kids, but you cannot expect, especially as a special education teacher, that it will always be the same. It's called an individualized education plan for a reason. So what if we took that same approach to our seating arrangements? In my class, I have two desks and I only use those desks if it's specifically requested by the student. I have wobble cushions for each student that would like it, and they can sit on the floor, on the carpet, or sit at one of the tables. Not a single one of my students, nor should I expect them to, like the same seating arrangements. 
that should be a testament that we should not try to standardize the way people learn. I have one student that wants to go to the table every time. I have another student that wants to change it up every time. I have another student that is very large and it's hard for him to be on the ground. So I got him a chair that had a back on it that he could put on the ground to help him be more comfortable. We have an individualized education plan, but oftentimes we don't include the environment into that. Yeah, of course we have a small group environment, not a lot of distractions, all of those things. What about the simple things that just make students more comfortable learning? And the fact of the matter is, it is actually relatively convenient to have different chairs for each student because you can always buy one or two chairs at a garage sale for next to nothing. And if you have enough different choices, well then congratulations, you have what's called flexible seating. Now you have given students a choice as soon as they walk in the door. That helps them take ownership of their learning and will ultimately help you as you attempt to teach them and engage them and challenge them. If you're unsure about this conclusion, try giving your students the permission to take a test on the floor. Don't say it's a requirement to take it on the floor, but open it up as an option. You might be surprised with the response. Now I do need to add a brief disclaimer here. You must have a very strong behavioral system in place to keep the chaos down. Remember how I said a lot of teachers use seating placement as a behavior intervention? Well, the only way that you can avoid that eventual solution is by having an extremely strong behavior management system in place. The fact of the matter is, is that desks and chairs are easy. They can be moved around, rearranged, and it's the most effective way to get the most kids into a classroom. But we need to ask ourselves the fundamental question, is it helping the kids to learn? If your kids come away from the school year learning 1% less because they were uncomfortable, isn't it worth it to remove that variable completely? Just think about the professional developments you've had to attend. In the more comfortable spaces, haven't you been more willing to listen? When you're in an uncomfortable chair and have to sit for an entire hour, that eventually is the only thing that you think about. And that's just a typical person. Imagine having ADHD and being in that situation. It's not that what you're teaching isn't interesting, it's the fact that we can't think about anything else because we are uncomfortable. You may be intimidated because you've seen Instagram photos of classrooms that have multi-thousand dollar setups for flexible seating. You don't need that. A stool from a garage sale, an old bean bag that your kids used to use, a cheap cushion from the outdoor furniture aisle, colorful dog beds, inflatable personal rafts, a nice comfortable mat or rug from TJ Maxx. The possibilities are endless. These are just a few of the things that I've discovered. Not to mention, get an account on Donors Choose or ask for a grant. I have written over eight grants or Donors Choose projects, and I have gotten eight projects funded. And what a fun way to impact your classroom. It can be an accumulation over the years. It doesn't have to happen all at once. But the impact of taking away that cookie cutter, at least in the setting that these students will be learning, and it will be clear your intentions to make their learning experience individualized. Also, give students the ability to personalize their space. An easy, cheap way to do this is to give them stickers. Let them deck out their learning space in fun, recognizable characters or colors. Something that 
what I did is I got a giant Jenga set and had each of my students design their own block. I then used those blocks to help place my students in the morning. I did random block drawings throughout the day and I was able to send it home with them at the end of the year as a reminder of their growth. Another thing that I have done that has been very effective is buying electrical tape. Now hear me out, giving students the ability to pace around their space is an invaluable resource. All I did was make a circle around their seat. I've even done it to where they just have a line of tape they have to tight rope on. To be able to tell my students that they can move around at any point in a lesson. As someone with ADHD, that permission makes me try so much harder. I truly feel like someone understands me. One last thing, make the entrance into your classroom adventurous. I do this in a couple of ways. I have a speaker that I keep by the door that plays some upbeat music. I have a bunch of lamps that I have colored light bulbs in to add a unique flair to a relatively plain classroom. I also have a classroom password that the students must answer in order to get into the classroom. This is a great review strategy as well. For example, one of my passwords was to add two fractions together. The students would be given a whiteboard and be able to answer the password in order to get into class. Even the students that needed a little help ended up coming away with two things, excited in their achievement to get the right answer, even if it was with a little help, and two, the motivation to pay attention in class next time because they know it could be the password tomorrow. These are just a few of the different ways that you can make your classroom environment a little more odd. Thank you for joining me on the special education podcast. This podcast is now available on Spotify. Just look up the special education podcast, or you can go to the website linked in my Instagram bio. Also, I have an Instagram page now. Just look up special education on Instagram and be sure to follow for updates and behind the scenes content. And as always, you can leave a comment or question on my email by emailing specialodducation at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week.